Well, as things would have it, you would take your Bibles and turn to Revelation. <laughs> We're not necessarily going to talk about heaven per se today. We're going to talk a little bit about the realities of hell. Uh, I was smiling the whole time Bizzle was singing that. I was saying, you know, um, we'll get to the heaven uh, close enough, but today we want to see what the Bible has to say, just a glimpse of what the Bible has to say about the realities of hell. It's in Revelation 20, starting with verse 11. Revelation, the revelation of Jesus, as recorded by John the Baptist, last book in the Bible. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those books, whether their names were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead that were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Let's pray. Dear God, as we take a glimpse of the realities of hell, Lord, let it resonate with us today, Lord, that there are people going. Lord, to make sure we're not one of them and that everybody we know, Lord, do all we can to bring them to a saving knowledge of grace before it's everlastingly too late. In Jesus' name, amen. Found a, uh, a 2021 survey. You know how surveys go. It's by uh, Pew Research. They're supposed to be Christian-based. They say that, and this was last year, and, it, and it's a survey, so take it for what it is. 73% of Americans believed in heaven. 62% believed in hell. 62% believed in hell. I personally think those numbers are exaggerated because I believe if we as the church actually understand and truly believe hell, then, then our view of heaven would be much sweeter and the people around us we would see them in a different light. We would take things more seriously. Jesus said that heaven and earth are real. He said heaven and hell are both real. Matthew 25, for instance, verse 46 says, And these things go away, and these shall go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto everlasting life. Jesus was the most uh, prolific preacher, if you will, about hell itself. Let me go. 
into everlasting judgments. If you think about it, the way that we should be loving our neighbor is not remaining silent about hell and that there are consequences of sin. We have people all around us that sin and sin prolifically that we tend to overlook. And I believe that is mainly because we ourselves have not thought about the reality of what hell really is. Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said in Matthew 23, 33, he says, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers. He was talking to the Pharisees. How can you escape the damnation of hell? Jesus told the Pharisees that. Also in Galatians, Paul said to the church at Galatia, he said, Am I therefore an enemy of yours because I tell you the truth? See, we have been conned by the con artist that says, if we talk about hell and that sin is wrong, we'll be in an island all by ourselves. We won't have any friends. Paul said to the church at Galatia, Am I? Therefore, become your enemy because I tell you the truth. So what's the reality? We will. Now, everybody should know that of Sunday school. Bible teacher outside of a pastor itself, but includes the pastor, they also are responsible for what comes out of their mouth. In other words, it needs to be the truth. It doesn't need to be one that draws crowds and makes friends. It needs to be the truth. The truth given in love, but the truth nevertheless. So today, we want to look at some of the realities of hell. Now, I don't know what you think of how people actually get there, but I've heard people over and over and over say this, and it's sort of, I want to debunk that one right off the bat, but they've said this throughout the years I've heard, that God is too loving to send anyone to hell. Have you ever heard that? God is too much of a loving God to send anybody to hell. Now let's stop and think about that for just a moment. That's pretty neat, ain't it? That means I get to do whatever I want to, live however I want to, and because if I believe that, then I'm going to heaven, right? That's what that philosophy says. But you can't find that in the Bible. So it sounds real good, but it's false. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. It's exclusive. So, he also told at the Sermon of the Mount, he said, enter by the straight gate. This is Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Ye shall enter into the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go into thereat, because straight is the gate, 
And narrow is the way which leadeth unto light, and few find their way. When Jesus told anything like that, he always spoke in kingdom terms. So if we said, for instance, in this group, a few of you were going to make it to heaven, and a few of you aren't. Okay, well, what does that look like? Well, in a group like this, well, it means maybe, maybe five or six goes to heaven and the rest goes to hell. How do you like those odds? But Jesus always talked in kingdom terms. From the time the world begins to the time the world ends, listen to me, few will find it. Narrow is the way. Think about that. Think about that. Narrow is the way and few will find it. But broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many people throughout all humanity, all humanity will find that way. It's the easy road. It's the road that says God wouldn't do that. God's a loving God. God wouldn't send anybody to hell. That's the wide road, right? Because that's the easy road. That's to do anything I want to and get heaven. That's the easy road. Let me read it again. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Enter ye into the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leads to life. And few, <clears throat> puberty just hit, and few would be there that find it. Few. Are you part of the few? I hope we are. I hope you are. Are we doing the things we need to be to be part of the few? The few. So what I want to do, the first point in this sermon, is hell is a choice that you make. It is a choice. It is a choice you make every day. It is a choice you make ultimately at the end. It will be a choice. We choose hell when we choose sin. Romans 6, 23 says this, what? For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul also said in Galatians 6, 7 and 8, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So narrow is the way. So sin brings death. The wages of sin is death. Our accountability assures us that we will reap eternal death when we sow in disobedience 
and unbelieving. Even the neutral. Satan loves people that will go neutral. I don't care one way or the other. I can take it or leave it. I go on days I want to. I don't go on days I don't want to. I'm just sort of nonchalant about it. Satan loves that. We tend to ignore the long-term reality of sin in our life. Sin is so subtle. It is so sneaky. The reality of it is, if we haven't believed and obeyed the gospel, then we have chosen to go to hell. It's that simple. God is not a person that says, you're my good old buddy. I'm going I'm to wink at you and let you come on in because you're just funny as all get out. I like you. Narrow is the way and few will find it. We have a choice. Life is a choice. I'll get to talking sometimes at work, and, and one of the guys I work with, he always likes to bring up this discussion he had with an uh, Indian guy years ago, and, he, and he, he talks about truth, in other words. He, he said that life is, is a series of choices. You know, we've talked about this before, but think about it. Our government says that for the people that are really, really what we consider bad folks, we need to have them educated. They're, they're, just, they're just not educated, right? So we pour money into educating them. So what did we get? Smarter criminals. Because we didn't get to the core problem. Just like the rich man, and, or not the rich man, but the um, prodigal son. He had a choice. When he finally came to himself, what did he say? I could go home and be a slave and eat better than this. What could he have done? Stealed from the landowner that put him out there. But he didn't. He had a choice. And he didn't choose that. So many people choose the wide road. So what we need to do is make sure we change our choice and that we choose Jesus. Because the Bible says a lot of things about hell, but, but one of the biggest things is God has removed himself from that place. That place is he does not dwell in his light. The Bible says for God is light. He will not shine his light do you know as bad as it is around here today that god's light is still shining on america it is still shining looks don't don't look much like it but wait to see what happens when the rapture come and and god's hand is taken away from the world wait to see what happens then we want to be in heaven looking down i don't want to be down here looking up but hell also is a place that will reveal the truth about your life if you go there. We can say all kinds of things. We've learned by watching, um, if you watch any of the debates, anybody that before we vote on and put them in of office will do whatever they think we want to hear them. They will say they will do whatever that is. When they get there, they get amnesia or something. I don't know what, but whatever it is, they just do something different. Well, 
That's called lying, right? That's, that's a lie. What is lying? It's a sin. So hell will be a place, number two, that will reveal the truth of your decisions if you wind up there. Jesus will say, said to them in Matthew 25, verse 41, he says that there shall also unto them, he said, he said to say unto them on his left hand, he says, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. And you're going to be cast forever in the fire, a place prepared for the devil and his angels. Think about what uh, Paul said to the church at Thessalonica in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. He says, in flaming fire, take vengeance on them who know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. You know, there's many people that are con artists. They're, they're really slick with their tongue. They can, they can talk people out of anything. When you try to get into a conversation with somebody like that, they always have some kind of cutback, some kind of comeback line. A lot of times it's a saying or, or something that, that usually gets you off your track. And, and those little con artist people like that, Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, he says, look, in flaming fire, you're going to have vengeance on you if you do not know God and do not follow Jesus Christ. It's that simple. We have, you know, we, we've been, for the most part, we're outside of the mask now. But, but it's been for the last two or three years, we've all wind up wearing a mask during some time or another. And I don't know about you, but it's sort of hard to breathe in those things. Makes, it, makes everybody look the same, too. Don't have to worry about your brush your teeth or nothing, do you? But anyway, so... But, but we used to have to wear a mask. But what I'm saying today is there's still a mask on people's hearts. We've got our heart mask where we won't show it to everybody. We, we won't show our pure heart to everybody, but we've got this persona of what I am. You know, one of the most, well, there's a lot of things, but one of the things that makes the story of Jesus so credible is this. Everybody, when they try to make themselves out to be something they're not, it's always the people closest to them that give them up because false. You always see the cruelty. You always see the, the, um, the, the proudness of it. But even Jesus' closest people believed. And we're saved. That, that put Jesus apart from anybody else in history. Make sure you believe that. So one day, hell is going to strip away those who go there or are cast there. It's going to strip away their mask of their heart. And their desires of their heart will be revealed in hell. 1 Corinthians 4 says this, 
Paul said, For I know nothing by myself, yet I am not hereby justified. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. Think about this. How many people, will, how many people have you heard say this? Well, I'm not as bad as that person. Hmm? Who said that? Everybody has had it. I'm not as bad as that person. So I'm okay. Let me read this again. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I thereby justified. I'm good. But he that judges me is the Lord. He will take the mask off my heart and will see me for who I am. Do you know that you can fool most of the people most of the time? And the old saying is you can't fool everybody all the time. You don't, fool, you don't confuse or fool God anytime. Anytime. Therefore judge nothing before the time unto the Lord come and who, bring, who will bring to light the hidden things and will make manifest, he will make known the counsels of the heart and then shall every man have praise of God. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsel of the heart. That's, that, we don't talk like that anymore. Well, how's the counsel of your heart doing? What is the counsel of your heart doing? What is the ways of your heart? What is the belief of your heart? Remember now, narrow is the way. We must see God... We must really see ourselves as God sees us. That makes us humble folks. That makes us thankful folks. That makes us walk in his path folks. As long as God is a good old buddy, somebody that we, uh, we're buddies with, I mean, I, we got it, you know, we, we got this thing going on, then the devil has deceived us and to say that me and God's got it worked out. We're good. You ever heard that? That makes me so sick to hear people call that. Because I want to tell them with all my heart, well, I, I actually fear God. And I walk very carefully before Him. When I approach Him with my troubles and with my heartaches, I am careful when I approach Him because He is the maker and creator and sustainer of this world. And we say, it's okay. We're buds. No. He's the Lord, the maker and sustainer of all that is. He has made hell. He, in the beginning, uh, the, the hell was made for the devil and all the fallen angels. And it's ever expanding as people walk down the broad road. We really must see ourselves as God sees us. Hebrews 4.13 says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. 
You can't hide. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to give an account. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, And you he hath quickened, Paul talking to the church at Ephesus, he says, Who were dead at once, dead in trespasses and sin, wherein time passed, you walked according to the course of this world. You were right in step, Paul says, with, the, with everybody else. You were down, going down the wide road. According to, the, according to the past, you walked according to the world, according to the prince and the power of the air. You're walking right in Satan's auto, uh, auto run. You're right in with him. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. In other words, everybody else that's on that wide road is an autopilot. They may think they're, they're, they're in charge of their life, but Satan has them in autopilot, and they're just running down that road as hard as they can go. Among whom also, Paul says that we were those folks at one time. We were also, we had our conversations in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh. And by nature, at that time, he says, we were children of wrath, even as the others are today. That at that time, we were without Christ. We were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without Christ in this world, without God in this world. But now, don't you like the buts? Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. But now, in Christ Jesus, you have something that were far off are made now nigh, and it's by the blood of Christ. So it begs the question, are you covered by the blood? Does your life reflect that truth? Because hell will expose the truth about sin and disobedience. Going there proves that you weren't who you said you were. Because again, Romans says 6.23 that the wages, what you get for sin, the wages of sin is death. What you get for all those good times and that wide road is death. But, there's a good but again, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. There's always an out. There's a choice. We live our life with choices. So hell will also ex expose the truth about how you feel about God in Christ. Jesus said in, in Matthew, or excuse me, in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus stands on the stage of human history and makes us stand like that that nobody else should be able to make and be able to stand. And he stood there and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Exclusiveness. The exclusive belief 
Do you believe in God? James 4, 12 says this, If there is one lawyer, or lawgiver, excuse me, who is able to save and to destroy, and then who art thou that judgeth others? You know, it also hell will also expose the truth about ourselves. Have you ever heard the people say, you're not supposed to judge me? They say that just to make you hush. That's the only reason they say that. But the truth of the matter is, they be glad it ain't me. Not be able to fool some of them, but you can't fool them all, and you've never fooled God at all. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 21, he said, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. There is consequences in our lives, all our lives, all our lives. So here's something that you probably never thought about. The last point, that hell is a place of fairness. Fairness. Think about it. You ever thought about hell being fair? Hell is fair because there is an impartial judge that judges us for what he calls sin. It's fair. And it's just. That sounds hard to believe, don't it? Because most people in any church will say hell's not fair. But then God's wrong. If hell's not fair, then God shouldn't have said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He shouldn't have had Paul record in Romans 6, wages of sin is death, if hell's not real. If it's not fair. Romans 2 says this, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. But after they hardened an impotent heart, they treasured up unto themselves wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteousness judge of God, who will render every man or woman according to to their deed, and to them who by patience continued in well-doing, seeking the glory and honor and immortality of eternal life, but unto them who were covenants and did not obey the truth, but, un but obeyed unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, trans trans tribulation, I trans tribulation and anguish, every soul of humanity does evil of the Jew first also the Gentiles that's us but glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also the Gentiles for there is no respect of persons with God truth righteousness According to our works, no respecter of persons. 
Hell is not. Hell is an expression of God's perfect judgment. Perfect judgment. Again, in Genesis, let's read back in the beginning. This is the story of Lot and the Sodom of Gomorrah. They're having this argument with God. Genesis 18, verses 24 and 25, he says, Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city, Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous in that are therein? That be far from thee and to do after this manner to slay the righteous with the wicked and that the righteous shall be as the wicked. That be far from thee. What shall the judge of the earth do right? trying to bargain with God about Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at what Romans 2 says. But after thy hardness and impotent heart, treasured up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteousness and the judgment of God. Everyone that's going to be in hell and that is already there deserve to be there. Because why? They practice evil. They did not follow God. John says in John 5, 29, he says, And there shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. There will be a time when we're split According to our works, the book of life. It doesn't matter how big of a big wig you think you are today. We're all going to stand before God as the righteous judge. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the books according to their works. And whosoever was not found written in the book, Oh. 
There is no do-overs. There's no do-overs. I don't find in the Bible a do-over. He says, for we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which he had done, whether it be good or bad. Whether it be good or bad. So hell is the punishment for those who sinned against God in their life. Again, 2 Thessalonians says, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them who know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anytime somebody preaches a doctrine of second chances in hell, it's false. Your second chance and your third chance and your fourth chance will come on earth while you're still breathing is the only time it'll come. After that, forget it. It's done. If you will, the checkbox is written and you're going wherever the checkbox is. Mm. Today is a day of salvation while you're still having a chance. 2 Corinthians 6 says, When we, as workers together in Him, beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain, for He saith, I have heard thee in times accepted and in the day of salvation which I have soaked thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You ever thought about the thief on the cross? The one that told Jesus to remember him and Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. There is so much sideways stuff that come out of that one encounter that a lot of people and Satan has prolific this lie into people's lives and the lie goes something like this you don't have time for that right now you'll do that when you're older you'll do that when you retire you'll have more time you'll have <laughs>
Rather, fear them which are able to destroy both body and soul in hell. We read that again. Matthew 10, 28. And fear not them which kill the body. What did Paul say? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But that person who kills your body is not able to kill your soul. Don't be worried about them. But rather, fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Who do you think that's talking about? For the most part, Satan himself. Do you fear Satan? Two Thessalonians one nine says, "Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power? Banished from God, utterly, hopelessly. That's hell. Hell's punishment will be eternal." Y'all have heard me say this a bunch of times, and it's true. Once somebody is born, their soul never dies. There's a soul in us. Everybody has, even somebody that seems soulless has a soul. There's a soul in here. That soul is either following Christ or an enemy of Christ, one or the other. You're not riding the fence. You're not playing, paying fat and loose with with God while laying in the bed with the devil, it, it doesn't work. You're one or the other. Jesus said in Matthew 25, 46, And these things shall go away. These people shall go away into everlasting punishment. But the righteous will go away to life everlasting with him. Hell is not a place of finiteness. It is a place of eternity. It's the same as heaven. It's a place of eternity. Think about it. If, if you put this body in some fire, I'm going to quickly be consumed. But my soul won't die. My body may be turned to ashes, but my soul won't die. When we're, rose, when we're raised up in that last day, when we rise up, our bodies, good or bad, will be that instructable. We'll be like the angels. We'll be able to never die. That can be a good thing in heaven. It can be a real bad thing in hell. <coughs> Have you ever heard somebody that's been through a torture chamber that there's worse things than death? You know what I'm saying? When I say that, there's worse things than death. That's the thing about hell. Always going to be by our failed grasp of hell. And Satan wants us not to think about it. Wants us to be distracted, not to think about it. Because if you're a child of God, this will make you feel good. 
is to make you feel peaceful. Eyes, fins, pluck it out. Sounds pretty tough, don't it? But he said what? It's better to enter into heaven without an eye or a limb or a leg or whatever it was you wanted to cut off that offended you than to go into hell whole-bodied. The Christian life is a life of sacrifices in what the world calls fun. So, so the Bible teaches of hell. It warns sinners to repent and to be prepared for the judgment. It shows the terribleness of sin if you just read it and the just punishment of sin and that sinners must believe and obey the gospel now in order to come to that saving knowledge of grace before it's everlastingly too late. Hell is real. But the question is, is it real to you? Is it real to you? Do you believe what the Bible says? If so, then you really don't want to go there. If not, then you don't think twice about it. If you think I'm just running my mouth. Got my head on screwed backwards. But if you actually believe what the Bible says, I've read nothing but what's in the Bible. If you believe in hell, then you have to believe that you might know people. Let's just say that you know people. I won't do the might part. That you know people that are going to go to hell. Some may be sitting here. I don't know. God knows. You know, the, the political correct thing is for me to say, we're all going to heaven. But that's not my call. If it was, I would try to take every one of you because I love every one of you. I want you to be there. But the truth is, our life dictates our path. Jesus said again, narrow is the way. Narrow is the way. Few will find it. You know, few will find it, but wide is the way that everyone else finds. So what road are we on? Are we on the narrow road? Are we on the wide road? It is a choice. It is a choice. If you do believe in hell, then you choose to faithfully obey Jesus now, and have eternal life with him and come to heaven, that's a virtue of repentance. Because nobody in their right mind will tell you that I want to go to hell. I've heard people that thought they were big and bad that said they were going to go take over hell. But I said, well, you don't know what you're talking about, and I left it at that. 
But that said, I'm bigger and I'm battered to the bone, you know, whatever it is. You, you really don't want to go there. Jesus told in a parable about the, the seeds. He says that, that those that were the chaff would be blown away into a place where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. Wailing and gnashes of teeth. Forever. Forever. Jesus says very plainly, stood on the stage of human history, he said, God, as we're here today, Lord, your word is exposing us. And it hurts, Lord, to think that hell is a place of reality, is a place of eternity, is a place of... I'd pay a